The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Futures pretty steady here for a second day as the market reprices Fed expectations in the wake of Powell's comments. Two-year pretty much anchored at five. Jobless claims do come in a touch heavy. Our roadmap's going to begin with the markets and the Fed's data dependency. Tomorrow's jobs number will obviously gain added significance. Tesla under pressure again, now down double digits for the week. And the U.S. Chamber of Commerce says it's time to regulate AI technology. But we will begin with the broader markets as both investors and the Fed chair look ahead to the jobs number tomorrow. If, and I stress that no decision has been made on this, but if the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, we'd be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. That if, Jim, got talked about a lot yesterday. One of the few things that he added that was new in day two. Yeah, I think that there's things happening right now that are, that are superseding what he's talking about. Uh, I think that what happened this morning with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and what happened last night with Silvergate, much more front and center than what the Fed chief said. Uh, Silvergate is a true run on the bank. It was driven by crypto. I'm not sure whether they were as forthcoming as they should have. You have Justice Department investigation. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley Bank is happening now. Uh, this is not a run on the bank. This is a restructuring. But it has to do with what I think it has to be what the Fed is thinking about, which is that Silicon Valley Bank lends to VC-backed companies, VC investors, VC-backed company principals, founders, and employees. They obviously have an illiquid asset. Why is it illiquid? Because they haven't been able to come public. They, at the same time, invested that money in three-year treasuries. Well, okay, so think about that. Whoever thought the stock market would be closed, these yep. people need their money. Who would ever thought that that was a risky bet three year treasuries? It all came together at once. And then next thing you know, they had to sell twenty one billion dollars of available for sale bonds. Uh, They had to take a huge hit. But at the same time, it's a one point eight billion dollar hit. I don't want to get too granular, but I'm getting to the idea that they were able to raise the money. General Atlantic, by the way, very, very bullish on this because it's got a long term great franchise, five hundred million dollars of equity. That's number one. And then number two that's happening as we speak is this just the total break of of. Office, office loans, office properties, office REITs. So what, what Powell could have very easily said is, you know what, we're mindful that, that wages have gone higher, but we've got a very important number coming out Friday. We're starting to see signs of some weakness in the second half of February. The weakness is, is centered on people who uh, did crypto, but he usually doesn't want to distinguish that because he called the rabbit out of the hat a uh, trillion-dollar coin. But there are weaknesses, and the weakness is office lending, and there's weakness in VC lending and that these are going to slow the economy down. So let's be mindful that there are now risks for the first time, but there's obviously still some things that are way too hot. He did not seem to focus on these risks. It's a shame because I hope he is. 
Well, we talked about day one where he talked about run risk in crypto right. itself uh, and lack of transparency and outright fraud in some cases. And that's Silvergate. Right. Plain and simple. And I'm sure he had all the data that we have. Right. Uh, Sheila Baer, with some comments about Silvergate today, say their troubles are as much, if not more, about traditional banking risks, meaning lack of diversification, uh, maturity mismatches, as it was about their exposure to crypto. Well, uh, look, I could make that case. I mean, you these, these companies did a lot of things wrong if the Fed hadn't raised rates dramatically. If the Fed had done very little, we would never even know this stuff. So let's be aware that, that while Sheila Bear's right, uh, if you're sitting here at Silicon Valley Bank, again, very good bank, and you have $21 billion, you're trying to figure out, well, how do I invest that? Well, how about I just some two years, some four years, some five? And that, and then the next thing you know, they're they're down a, a huge amount of money on that, and they have to take a hit. Well, I don't know. I mean, was that reckless? I don't know what I would have done. I mean, are you going to keep all your money in in one year paper? No. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. A longtime friend of the network, Christian Mamani, uh, tweeted yesterday that when you're going to potentially six this quickly, the Fed needs to be more creative than just raising rates. Start thinking about uh, interest on reserves. Start thinking about your pace of balance sheet reduction because you could. You're trying to impact the broad economy, but you could obviously break something within financial service. Right. And that's where this first time I felt this way. I mean, you come in and I know that the, the jobless claims indicate maybe there's some softening. We had Bank of America, a great report this morning I, I subsequently read, which is this travel still spend, but everything else is slowing down. But I think that, yeah, I mean, did, did J-PAL know that there's going to be uh, maybe there are more Silicon Valley banks? I mean, Signature put out a note today. They dabbled in Bitcoin. I think it's really important where I want to disagree with Sheila Barris is that, it, to me, Silvergate, and when there's Justice Department involved, I'm not going to say that that's just, you know, that's more SNL crisis of 80. But Silicon Valley Bank's a really good bank, and this happened very quickly. And I'm, I hope that J-PAL realizes that this office building situation could happen very quickly. Because you walk away from these guys are walking away from the leases. That's why they, they walked away from car loans. Then they walked away from housing loans in 2007. So just don't press it so too much. What, what, are you saying err on the side of 25? That would go against market odds today. Are you saying pause? Like Bank of no, Canada no, did it yesterday. No, I'm just saying that I wish he put into context uh, 50 if the number. Look, if we have wage inflation is still the worst. None of this that I'm looking at is going to slow wage inflation. I just think that there's other kinds of cracks that make it so that it would be better to do 25 just because how many other portfolios are, are being annihilated right now? I don't know how many people were as aggressive as Silicon Valley Bank and putting it in a certain way. But, you know, they had a, the duration was 3.6 years. I mean, I, that's, it was a pretty conservative portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does sort of bring to mind the question of what tomorrow's number needs to be to, say, get 25. We just need to see some stabilization of wages. Some job losses. I mean, the problem is, like, think about what, what Senator Warren said it's about the two million jobs. It, I know companies. I could get you right now to up to two million in hires. I mean, I had Ginny Rometty on last night. I mean, our country's so desperate for people who didn't go to four-year schools, who have engineering background. Desperate for these people. To me, to tell me that the two million people who are being laid off wouldn't find some place. Look, uh, it is true that Dutch Bros, which is a fast-growing uh, chain of coffee kiosks is inundated with resumes where six months they had no resumes. So there are parts of the food chain that, where it's already weakening. But I come back and say, Pal needs to have some sign that, that wages are 
stable and not going up. It, not as aggressive as what Jeremy Siegel said today. Jeremy Siegel was talking about how housing prices have been going down for months, but housing's only down 4% from the peak. That's a loss yeah. for Pat. Yeah, it was Goldman... Goldman last night uh, comes in above consensus on CPI. I know. Uh, They're looking for 45 basis points month on month, in large part on used cars and on shelter. We may not get back to 20 basis points until the back half of the year. I know. And that that errs toward 50. He has to do 50 if he doesn't get something. He may get nothing. But for the first time, I mean, he he could look at it the other way, apropos of what you're mentioning, the other things. He, he said, look, you know, I've been focused on wage inflation, but I am mindful. Jay, listen to me. I am <laughs> mindful that there could be an office problem, office REIT problem, an office problem. I am mindful that there were things being done against uh, venture, uh, the, the equity market being closed. I'm mindful is beginning to hurt. Just mindful. And then what we say is, you know what? Jay's thought about this. I'm not worried, but he's got to give me some mindful. Not mindfulness, because that's asking for two words. <laughs> yes. And I, 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 I was mindful all week for a week when I was fishing. Enough with the mindful. I'm like, done with the mindful, okay? Until I garden, I'm done with the mindful. But I do think that it's important that he notice that there's some really bad things happening right now. Yeah, uh, that's well said. Uh, before we finish out the block this morning, let's turn to Tesla really quick. Shares under pressure again, as we said in the pre-market, down double digits since the beginning of March today. Jim, it's Adam Jonas and Morgan Stanley who says the Cybertruck uh, may be more of a cult car. Maybe 50K units is all you get. It, I love Jonas, and I think that that was actually a terrific line, which is, if it does fit, it, you want to buy Ford hand over fist if this is the case. Ford has got, I think it's shaping up to be having a good quarter, okay? They, once they can start shipping the battery problem. And the reason I say that is because the major overhang for Ford is not the Bronco, it's not the, the, the F-150 Lightning, it's not even the Mach 50, the Mach... E, they did cut. Okay, they put through. They put through a pretty substantial price price decrease. Is going to hurt the margins. But the biggest existential worry is, well, sorry, F one fifty. I got myself a brand new truck. And if they don't, Ford's the one you would think not to buy going into a recession, so to speak. But you would buy if there is no competitor. Right. Well, as he said, uh, I think it was two days ago. The American, the U.S. auto consumer needs wheels now more than ever. Well. It, that's this flip side of the office read, right? Yeah. Why did it take so long for the office? Well, the office reads have been cracking for months. It just really feels like now we're at, we're at crunch time and people are walking away from some leases. That's the kind of behavior that you saw. That's early. It's more 80. I'm using an 80-82 paradigm now. I, more of an SNL paradigm. Right. Because well, and, I, I don't want to go too deep. And, it, and back then, we didn't have sort of the open-ended nature of remote work. Right. That's why I'm using it. Because, like, you know, then you had... Uh, land being sold as if it had an office building on it. Now we have office building on it where we want the land. And we have to hope. I mean, I, I've been working on, well, how many Class C buildings would make great apartments? And then I just said, what am I, can we at least play this thing out first and have the lo- leases Would you at least, exp- would you explain it to viewers in that, you know, no cycle uh, exactly matches, but is, whereas 08 was about housing, this was more about commercial? I mean, yes, residential but again, versus. I mean, let me give you the, why it's not, why it's just a, a, um, to be mind, to mind it. It's New York and San Francisco. That's where the overbuild is. That was the overbuild. So it's like, if we want to extrapolate it to Miami, good luck, you can't get in. We want to extrapolate it to any of the, of the states that benefited from the loss of salt. That's one. So it's much, much smaller. But it's going to come out seeming very large if a REIT bus uh, or big buildings, you just say, well, that one bus. But we work. They're doing a restructuring. 
The fact that they can get restructured shows me it's not it's too early to panic. Right. Because some clowns willing to give them money. I use the word clown because they are idiots. <laughs> I would not I would like to be more reserved. I typically have gotten, remember I started with the ill-advised yes, stuff and the yes. suboptimal. I'm dropping that when it comes to WeWork. It's like, guys, just take a breath, so, save some money, sell the beach house. Final coda. Not the quagga. The final coda on this. Every time we have a Sternlick or a Zell on and they come in and, and start waving flags, you think this is what they were talking about? I think that they wave flags too early, but they gave you a chance to sell now it's a little late, but remember, these are not big. The, there are not a lot of Silicon Valley banks. Thank God there are not a lot of Silvergates. There's not a lot of office property that's in trouble outside of New York and San Francisco. But these are things that Pallister recognizes he's winning on. And, and, you know, it's maybe they're not as important as winning on wage, but he's winning on He should be mindful that he's winning on some things. Uh, when we come back this morning, as we said, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce trying to curb some enthusiasm on A.I., We'll explain what they said uh, in the past 24 hours. Futures, as we said, leaning to the uh, positive side. We did get some relief in uh, China CPI, uh, 1% versus an estimated 1.9. More Squawk on the Street continues in just a minute. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. U.S. Chamber of Commerce has a new report out calling on lawmakers to regulate artificial intelligence, Jim, uh, as this is happening way faster than many people expected. I, I don't think they would know how to do it. It changes every day. Uh, when you look at what, if Google couldn't figure it out, it's happened so quickly. If Microsoft can't figure it out, what, what are they going to regulate? Well, I mean, I, I know the big problem is the H-100 ships. Will they get to China? I think when we speak of regulate, oh, we're really worried that the Chinese are going to get what we have. And Jensen Wong was very plain of data in CNBC.com interview saying, listen, we're not going to let them get it and we're going to follow the law. So if they want to regulate, what they should be doing is find a way to make it so that third parties don't sell to China. Because I'm like regulating what's done with it. What are you going to do? It's, a, it's, a, it's still freedom of speech. Yeah. 
we, we, uh, CNBC's got a piece up this morning on ASML and the Netherlands. I know. Uh, sort of following the U.S. lead in restricting access uh, of U.S. technology and, and Dutch technology to China. But I'm thinking back to the 60 Minutes piece on Sunday where Leslie Stahl talked to OpenAI. And they said, you know, maybe we need like an FAA or uh, a, a regulatory body of, uh, uh, that, that continues on domestically to regulate these things. Well, what are we trying to stop? Uh, impersonation? Are we trying to stop uh, some way that would make it so that you and I could never detect a military threat? I, I don't know. I mean, these people have to get a little more sophisticated about what they're trying to stop. I think that the only real thing that you got that you have to worry about the administration's looking at, which is don't let these the really heavy NVIDIA chips get in the, uh, get into the arms of the Chinese. Because nobody else, I know that David makes fun of NVIDIA. The reason I focus on NVIDIA is that there is no AI. If there isn't NVIDIA, it doesn't work. It's uh, everything else is like a PC. Well, to your to your point, uh, reports today that Baidu in the journal uh, is scrambling to train its chat bot right. ahead of this event on the 16th. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> they don't have it unless they stole it. But they can't look. They can stick. The biggest worry, and I don't want to put it out there in a way that sounds good. Taiwan Semi uh, gets taken. Taiwan gets taken over by China. Taiwan Semi makes the NVIDIA chips. Uh, the NVIDIA chips can no longer be kept from China. Okay, that's your, you want to regulate? Go take this, I don't know, send the, well, create a ninth fleet and put it right there. I don't know, seventh, send the sixth, send every fleet. Because that's the real worry. Right. As for the pace of innovation, um, we've been talking about whether this is hype or whether this is real. Right. Eric Schmidt, of course, uh, Google fame, uh, talked about how much of this is actually important to watch. Take a listen. I'm used to hype cycles, but this one's real in the sense that enormous amounts of money are being raised to implement and build these systems. The sense to me is that this moment is a clear demarcation, a before and an after. What we are doing is working on systems that will affect the way people perceive their world. And I think the best thing for America to do is to follow American values, which include robust competition with government funding of basic research and using the innovators, including the folks to my left, um, to actually deliver on this. His point is good is that the world doesn't necessarily follow U.S. values. No, no. And I think that when you talk about what's going to be done with this, uh, I like what Ginny Rometty said in her new book that just came out, Good Power. There's power and the people who have power can use bad. And then there's good power, and people use it good, and we think, like, think in our country, we're good power. But it's quite obvious that if I can make someone say something, uh, and you think it's that person, but it isn't, I can cause a lot of havoc. But I can also cause a lot, cause a lot of it just by lying sure. to get things done. I mean, we have to figure out, look, you want a group of public-private people who opine? We could do that. What, what, who are they backed by? Well, that's one thing about Schmidt in particular, is he's got a lot of investments, which Eamon Javers has reported right. on in the past, and it colors his commentary to some right. degree. But we also don't want the poorest person in the Senate, ooh, that was President Biden, making a judgment, okay, this is good AI, this is bad AI. Look, it's just keep it right now, it's military versus non-military. Because we don't want, these things can be made, can make amazing weapons. And that's what we have to worry about. All the other stuff we can get worried about. Let's just make sure that we found a way to keep, like ASML, these chips out of the hands of the Chinese. Make sure that the chips go to where they said they were going to go and are not bought by the Chinese in a, in a third-party way. 
that's what we that's what we should worry about until we figure out what happens. It's amazing how really only in a few short weeks, maybe a couple of months, are we starting to frame it in such stark terms, don't you think? Well, 180 days ago, Jensen was telling me this could be a problem. Right. But he hoped that I, I asked him in an interview, he go see. I said, we'll be used by the good guys. He said, well, I'm going to do my best. And it was like, well, I did the interview. And it was about, I thought this revolutionary, I'm like, I rushed back. I said, I got it, I got it, I got it. And it was like, no, and then I called him and said, nobody really believes. Said, Don't worry, you'll be okay. I said, no, Jensen, I think maybe I'm like, I think I'm too out there with this AI. Uh, I don't know. Not anymore. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash count down to the opening bell on a busy Thursday, of course, as the market gets back to work. No Powell hearing today. Take a look at futures. Uh, hanging on to some green. Dow up 100. More squawk on the street in a minute. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Take a look at futures here. Pretty steady. Uh, not a lot of data today. We did get claims at 211. Was looking for 195. Some discussion about whether or not seasonality is starting to get wrung out of those January and February numbers. But, of course, the big number is tomorrow with non-farm payrolls. Opening bell in about six minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Really quizzical piece uh, put out by Jeffrey Say. This is a so-called double downgrade. Everyone focuses on those. They had liked Etsy, and they thought it was going to go dramatically higher. And then this morning, they they hit Etsy, and they think it's going to go dramatically lower. Uh, the price started at 85. What, what matters here is, is that they're saying things slowed. A lot of what they say slowed already had happened, and that quarter was regarded as being okay. But if you, if you dovetail this with the Bank of America survey of their institute, oh, yeah. And you come back and you say, well, wait a second. What were the things that, were re- that really slowed in spend? And the answer is furniture, clothing, home improvement, jewelry. Well, there you go. That's why you go to Etsy. So while I think Etsy is a fantastic company, Brooklyn's own, I am concerned that there is a uh, that the stock had been going down, and now I know why. So do I want to get in front of a freight train that is Etsy? I like Etsy very much, but there's no... Never get in freight trains. There's so many things that are not a freight train. Like Merck's not a freight train. You know? right. There's no freight train coming. Well, in we, we talked about it about this time yesterday. It was one of the biggest laggards, and we yes. kind of wondered why. Uh, you mentioned the B of A credit card data. Uh, their argument is that the boost that we got from the COLA adjustments is kind of run its course. Right. And we know, the, we know that the unemployment claims were slower. Uh, there's also, you know... It, I think that you're going to start seeing that people uh, who had a lot of money in these IPOs that didn't happen are finally, that's, that's the SIVB. I, I didn't think that it would happen this quickly. I kept thinking that there, there would be deals. I mean, here we are, we're in March, still no deals. These people must be dying on the vine. And they were the rich people. Uh, now, again, we keep saying tech doesn't matter. But tech is a gigantic part of our economy. This is not like any other of the cycles we've had where tech is... Uh, such an engine of growth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, then Amazon's saying, listen, you can lend against your Amazon stock for housing. And they take that money. So just, re- just reclaim Does that, that mean um, AXP's at risk? Does it mean luxury's at risk? Does it mean AXP's still housing. Uh, super luxury, no. Uh, LV, you know, Louis Vuitton's still doing well. 
Richemont still doing well. I think people are, are waiting for the price. I, I was yesterday saying, someone disagreed with my trust a great deal, that maybe it's the end of fashion, but not high fashion. High fashion, the, the Milan, I am told that the Milan fashion show is greater than ever, uh, but I do think that there is something's going on in terms of spending going down. Yeah. And it's rather rapid. Well, someone reminded me yesterday about the lipstick effect, which is that when times get tough, you keep buying the good lipstick, say, for a, a lady, uh, but you do cut back on other things. Yes, uh, I mean, dirt. this is, uh, when I have Elf one, Elf always says, oh, Tyramine always says that, and it's the old lipstick index. Uh, Estee Lauder, because of China, but they don't have hard times, but people just, they love makeup and they love clean skin. Clean skin. Which had been on fire for the Bank of America surveys flat. Now, Larry Colt this morning told Phil LeBeau, don't worry about travel. And that's good. But look, if it's just travel and to some degree slower restaurant, again, Jay, be mindful you're winning on some fronts. You're winning. There's the opening bell. Pretty good breath filling in at the open. At the big board, it's Ambipar Response, an environmental services provider celebrating a recent listing via SPAC. At the Nasdaq Xiao Corporation, a cognitive AI enterprise in China, celebrating well, an IPO. They are the greatest capitalists of all time, and they're communists. It really is incredible. They pick us off like the, I bet you that thing's over, sold, oversold, it goes up, and everybody's fat and happy. And they may not even, I mean, it's a Chinese communist company. We're sitting here talking about how we don't want them to have AI, but we're buying their, we're buying their stock. Jim, you do mention GE, and they do affirm the guide for the year. Yeah. Uh, on, uh, on high single-digit adjusted organic revenue. I thought Larry was Larry Culp was terrific this morning. I thought Phil LeBeau was terrific. It was a, a great opening. This leap engine, as Phil would tell you, is in the sweet spot. There are going to be areas of this economy that do well. But what you should be focused on, when you see all the stuff that we're talking about, you should focus on Campbell Soup. Oh, look at that, G. Wow, I'm, I guess. Wow. I mean, that he reaffirmed what we all thought he was going to reaffirm. It shows you the power of the new cyclical in this environment. You talked about this last night. Yeah. And you had a big list of names. 12 companies that I would have been shorting as all get out 23 years ago that are now about sustainability and decarbonization. And I know there are cynics out there who say this is all being done to attract ESG money or to, or to fight the regulators. I come back and say, no, these are the companies that were the biggest abettors of the carbon creators. And who knows better how to decarbonize than the people who abet the carbon creation? These are real companies doing real smart things. So don't bet against train and carriers, which were the only two that were not public during the period, because they you need them to cut greenhouse gas. Don't bet against Eaton. They're probably one of the most important companies in the food chain of EV. Don't bet against Dover. They sold the elevator business in 1998. They're all about trying to you maintain, you know, lowering the carbon footprint. Those companies are all really good. Now you can say, well, Caterpillar, wait a second. They're talking about speaking to data and understanding data. But they're, these are smart. They're making smart earth movers. These are real companies. And they're doing the best and they should be doing the worst because people, if you looked at them the way they were 20 years ago, they all figured it out. From, uh, from industrials really quickly to transports, that's uh, Alan Shaw of Norfolk Southern who will be testifying today in front of a uh, Senate committee. Uh, about East Palestine in particular, Jim, but also some other reports this morning that there have been other unreported incidents that regulators are beginning to probe into. When you go over the conference calls of, of the railroads, there's always this period, it's probably like about two minutes in, where they talk about safety. And 
your eyes typically glaze over. Why? Because the safety record is so amazing of our railroads versus the way it used to be. So this is uh, really does fly in the face of Norfolk Southerns. And Jim Squire's good CEO, Alan Shaw, good CEO. But these, this is very contrary to the to the way this industry had been going. So I, I we got to hear what he has to say. Is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. I might communicate back to Alan. I, I, I think Alan does a great job, but the whole history of rails from when they were first created with Commodore Vanderbilt to now is every year they're safer. It seems like that they've taken a step back. Is it because the trains are going too fast? If that is, you have to cut numbers. Right. Well, the accident ratio uh, has crept up last four years at, at Norfolk. Well, longer trains, these are the things, boy, the rails don't want to hear me say this, but the longer trains and quicker trains uh, may be the... The problem, I mean, I, I told you in a very nice interview you did of me for our investing club about covering a terrible train wreck that I was burned from with Corey in my eyes. But many people, because no one could see that it was a train, you, you can't, chlorine you can't detect. Right. Uh, and what was incredible was nobody, it was in, in the newspaper for one day, but there were so many train wrecks. This was 1977. Huh. Now we're, we're really pretty good. Union Pacific, by the way, I know that. Everyone pilloried Lance Fritz. Go read it. His safety record was pretty good. And Warren Buffett, we don't know. I mean, I'm, I'd love to hear what Burlington Northern, this fellow Rose who runs Burlington Northern, what he has to say. I, I always thought their safety record was pretty good. Um, overall market action this week, Jim, holding 4K here. Uh, Bespoke points out that of the two days of Powell, you had semis outperform the NAS, yeah. and the NAS outperformed the S&P. Oh, my. I've been working on this semi issue for a while. Now, you'd have to believe that perhaps the inventory is finally clear for PCs. Now, we had HP just report, and they said, listen, it's not clear. So you're banking on something really changing there. Uh, NVIDIA is the only one that is really involved with AI, but Texan, uh, Analog, and On have been red hot. Those are auto. We see that there's this spur in auto. So if you break down the semis, you see what's, why you can make a case. Yeah, but, On has filled the gap from that Tesla no, worry. On had a great quarter. And, and people are, it's almost like, Will you please realize that not everyone's as dumb as you think? <laughs> I mean, honestly, On Semi is a very smart company. These companies all saw a recession coming, all right? So what they did, because they saw a recession coming because of, because of COVID. So they really pivoted, doing a lot, a lot of different things. And it's all, it's all working. And those companies, they look like they're more dangerous than they are. That's the way I would put it. Versus, say, the consumer packaged goods that, that turn out to be a little more dangerous because of raw costs. I, the reason why I am constructive here is because so many raw costs are indeed coming down. I mean, there's, there's like 11,000 different ingredients that go into all these soft goods, and almost everyone's down. The railroad oh yeah, freight costs are down. Very interesting that, that Uber might be selling. I was just going to Uber. Uh, yeah. I know because you've been fascinated with their freight business from, from the IPO day. Well, I've, I've spent a lot of time with the freight business. We've had uh, the aura on who runs the freight business. It's a great business. It's a lot like GXO, which is a $6 billion company that spun off of XPO. What they do is they just, they broker in a way, there's tremendous, I'm gonna say right now, there's tremendous discrimination in the truck, trucking business, according to Uber. There are a lot of people who want to be able to uh, drive trucks and have having a hard time cracking in because of what they would say is discrimination. That's their work. And they, they bring up, they brought in a lot of new truck drivers. And they make it so that if you know that there's something going from uh, Minnesota to Texas, and then it has to go back empty. No, use Uber, and they'll find freight for you. So it's a great freight matching system. I think it's worth a great deal of money. It's not making money now, though. 
But we got to watch that because uh, Uber is such a smart company. I, I wish they wouldn't get rid of this, but it doesn't fit their. It's not. It it, it doesn't fit their mosaic. Really? No. Why, do I, do I, it's three it, silos, whereas maybe two is better. Right, and and it's. I think everyone want a piece of this company. I, I was enthralled by it. We have great tape of, of when I went through. I went there. Went, I had them on several times, went there once because I just I marveled at the amount of discrimination in trucking and how disheartening it was and how committed they were to, to stopping the discrimination. I mean, that's kind of great. Yeah, that's interesting. A um, couple software stories. MongoDB uh, was one of them. Oh, they didn't pivot those. They didn't pivot. <laughs> They didn't know they got, didn't get the memo? I mean, I had CrowdStrike going. George was pivoting. Yes. I mean, the cashier pivoted at Palo Alto. They, they forgot to pivot. They just they didn't, they didn't pivot. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, pivot. The playbook's kind of well-written at this point. I mean, come on. The Monday.com, that's when it all started. Go to Monday.com. It's almost a caricature. They, uh, I did a, I, I, I was going to do a really funny piece that would have made fun of them. I decided not because I kind of like them. But they were the ones who outlined exactly how to do a pivot in a conference call. And Mongo is very um, pre-pivot. It's a yes. pre-pivot call. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, though, Asana, uh, pretty oh. nice gain here. And Moskowitz buying. Yes. Hand over fist yes. buyer of a stock. That's going to make, make things exciting. So we do have a, we have a right and wrong way to do tech. We have a lot of people who think we're going to recession. They're buying the food and drugs. We have a lot of people who think we're okay, and they're buying the semis. We have a lot of people who are worried about every bank when not every bank has the problems of, of Silvergate. So, and we have an unemployment number where people can say, you know what, maybe we have a good number tomorrow. I'm on the wrong side if I'm sure. So there's, you have to be a little constructive here, mindful that, yes, office real estate, bad, okay? Yes, bad to have a Silicon Valley blow up. Good that General Atlantic, one of the savviest buyers, comes in and buys $500 million worth of paper. Uh, bad MongoDB, good Asana. So, I mean, there's mixed bag today. I mean, looking at a, take a look at a year-to-date of Vornado, Jim. I mean, really starting in on February 2nd, it's been a straight line down. I know. And, you know, those guys, Steve Ross really smart. I mean, the CEO is really smart. And you know, these are not bad companies by any means. That's why that just shows you that there's such a secular change against them. I don't think it's cyclical. Uh, Vernada's really good. I mean, I know a lot of people, they're seasoned. Like we work, what was catastrophic. Vernado's seasoned, and it just keeps rolling over, SL Green rolling over. And, you know, these are the, these are the guys who own that real estate, those office towers that you're just like, eh. Well, that's going to take a lot of work if I move into there. Right. So is, is it a matter of like a, re, a relief rally? I mean, a relief in rates would not be enough at this point? No. Because, because of the structural changes of occupancy. I mean, we, periodically, we have these things where the buildings can't be made fast enough into residential or it wouldn't be a problem. But you can't just I mean, look what happened next door to us. We have a beautiful building. It's Deutsche Bank. It was Packers Trust building uh, that was made into into beautiful apartments. But it took how many years so you have a lot of real estate that could obviously be turned into apartments, but it can't be done quickly enough. And then you have a lot of companies that people say, look, I think this individual story is good. Merck Express is a good story. Oh, Merck's a good story. Well, wait a second, Louie, it's bottom, it's a good story. So you have a lot of good stories within the context of, a, of what should have been a bad market. It's not. Yeah. Uh, you talked about some cyclicals. I wanted to draw your attention to PAVE, which is the U.S. Oh, Infrastructure right. Development ETF. Uh, inflows last three weeks. It's near 52-week highs. I mean, lots of stories this week about what's getting built in this country and the demand. For, tomorrow's construction worker internals will be interesting to watch. Yes. Well, Stephen Modi pointed out a good note in the, in the um, Martin Marriott in the materials yeah. call. 
look, there's two rock companies. We let all the rock companies merge. We let everybody merge for a long time. We were stupid. Um, but, you know, we had, there were two rock companies in the country, right? And they're both, uh, they're, they're going to be sold out because of, of the infrastructure bill. And I don't know where the rock's going to come from. I don't know where the earth movers are going to come from. We, I don't know where the workers are going to come from. And so what's happened is that we have a lot of people who are in a sweet spot here, and, and many more than people realize. They're just going to do tremendous. I mean, you were hot on Nucor late oh, last year. God. It's up over 35% well, okay, so you, this year. You talk with Nucor, and the amazing thing about Nucor is but those are regular guys. When you talk about hype, they don't have any hype. But they also have been putting up plants everywhere in order to meet demand. And as soon as the plant's done, it's sold out. And they have been saying, why does the street, I mean, if you take a look, this is a good example why the street's sometimes really stupid. If you look at, I've used stupid too many times, so I apologize to Lisa, my <laughs> wife. But, you know, Nucor is still selling it, at ten, it's selling it at 10 times next year's earnings because it's a cyclical company. But is it? I mean, is it cyclical when you have five years of infrastructure coming in? I, I think people have to rethink. Nucor's at 174 going into recession. This is the biggest steel company in our country going into recession at a 52-week high. That's what's so hard. That's why a lot of people are making mistakes. Here. Right, right. The, the classic tells are wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, you want to short Cleveland Cliffs against it. Okay, I can see that. But Cleveland Cliffs has been raising, raising steel price and raising steel price and raising steel price because the demand's so great. So we're going to have a recession where a lot of companies are in a 52-week high who should be hitting a 52-week low, which is my piece last night. Right. It's very bewildering to people because all anybody, you know, we always hear these analysts, all our people are going, oh, I'm overweight, this, I'm overweight, that. That was really good when you were doing sector rotation and trying not to deviate too much from the S&P. This market's nothing like that. This is a market that says you've got to own the best steel company, you've got, own, you've got to own the best metal bending company, you've got to own the best decarb company, the best sustainable company, and, and have cash. Not be risk one risk. What's, no, uh, is, what's more risky than Nucor? Uh, yeah. I'm going risk one. No, that's risk off, clown. But that's sort of that's. We would walk in here a couple of years ago, and that would be the the line. Well, is risk it risk on, on or is risk it risk off? Is it risk off? We don't know. Right. But I would tell you that there's not a lot of risk owning Nucor. <laughs> so let's just say that that's. Uh, see, the terms don't work. See, we we became very portfolio easier. On the network, we're way too portfolio easy. The people at home that understand that stuff, it takes work. instead of risk on, risk off, what they say is Nucor has a much better order book than we thought at this point in the cycle. That's a long-winded way, and it actually involves genuine homespun call of Nucor. And it's much easier just to look at the charts and break and use the S&P groups. But you have to call Nucor. And for a lot of the people in this country, they run so much money, $3 trillion at JP Morgan, that they could own 50 Nucor. You, you can't use those guys. Well, new, actually, Michael, I'm not talking about myself. I'm saying that the companies that have that run trillions and billions, they don't have the luxury of being able to look at seeing which the companies are good or not. They, there's not enough. Right. And stock as you said before, there. a lot of a lot of companies are undercovered. Uh, there's just oh. too many to keep track of. And I was trying to... coverage has gotten shredded in financial services. Okay, the most important information I've got about the sickles in the last three days was your interview with the CEO of Cummins. Because Cummins makes dirty truck engines. No. Cummins makes EV engines. Mm. What we think is true isn't true. And these companies have spent billions and billions to prove that they're ready for this new economy. And we keep thinking, no, they're cyclicals. But that they're, like, they, these CEOs are not taking a beating anymore. 
Right. They're so smart. Well, to Jim's point, uh, GE leading the S&P up more than 6%. You don't see that every day. Oh, Larry's so smart. And people, there are people who have criticized him. And they just don't. This is Larry Culp, for heaven's sake. He was Danaher. He wasn't some guy who told, didn't tell the some guy who was ill-advised about things he said on air and every other place who doesn't need to be mentioned because he's super nice. <laughs> Slam the nice people. I don't do that. Uh, Dow up 140 here. Uh, back above 4K, as we said. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Morning, guys. What a great performer GE has been. And really, ever since they spun off healthcare, GE Healthcare has been a great performer uh, as well. Those big global industrials holding up very well. I want to show you S&P futures. I don't normally put this up. Uh, before the open, futures trading before the open, of course. But look at that pop at 8.30. You don't normally see initial jobless claims move the market, but it did today, and that's because they were much higher than expected. So bad news, kind of good news thing. We've moved 25 points on S&P futures, and we have held that gain here. Now, of course, tomorrow the jobs report, and we'll, we'll get the, the wages along with that. So it takes a lot to make a big bet on the market here ahead of the jobs report, and the wage numbers we'll get tomorrow. Uh, but you can see this has obviously moved the market to the upside. In terms of sectors, uh, Sort of a mixed picture here. Uh, ARC's been down this week, but is up today. Energy's generally been weaker this week, but you see popping nicely. Tech's been a terrific performer uh, overall, outperforming most things, and that's modestly up. It's the banks that are the big problem. They have been a big problem for several weeks now. Uh, you heard about uh, what was going on with Silvergate Capital. They're winding down their operations. They're voluntary voluntarily liquidating the bank. Uh, Signature Bank, which is a commercial bank based in New York City, uh, which has a fairly small exposure to crypto, that's been down simply on that modest exposure to crypto that it's had. There's a bit of a, an effort to find out what kind of banks have exposure to crypto. But the bottom line is banks have a lot bigger problems than crypto issues uh, right now. We've been talking about this for several weeks now, but it's pretty simple uh, right now. Lower economic activity that we've been seeing is an issue. Concerns about that. Uh, uh, exposure to commercial real estate. Uh, is also an issue. Put up that full screen. And then, of course, you have higher deposit costs that the banks are going to have to pay. And that's been very, very difficult. There's the bank ETF, the KBE, which is a basket of mostly, mostly large uh, commercial banks and mostly uh, large uh, regional banks. Uh, that is uh, on a new low for the year, not quite a 52-week low. But if you look at the regional banks, most of the big, big, I call them super regional banks, are all at 52-week lows today. So Zions, MTB, PNC Financial, these are three of the big super regional banks, new lows, and even some of the smaller banks like uh, First Republic Bank, which is based in San Francisco, also hitting new 52-week lows. So I know there's a little bit uh, of an effort to figure out the exposure of banks to crypto right now, but, uh, Carl, the banks have much, much bigger problems than that right now. Back to you. All right, Bob. See you in a little while. Uh, Bob Pisani, as we go to break, take a look at bonds today. Uh, obviously, the market continues to digest what we got from the Fed chair last couple of days, but you'll see some familiar levels here. Uh, two year just south of five, 10 year right around 395. Uh, the long bond with the only yield that's rising today with the Dow up 170. We think we'll have high single digit organic growth. We'll more than double our earnings and our free cash should be somewhere between 3.4 and $4.2 billion this year, up nicely on an adjusted basis versus where we were last year with, uh, with healthcare. So in terms of the financial performance, we feel very good. 
That's Larry Culp of GE affirming guidance today. Um, Everybody on, wants one arrow spin. Right there. <laughs> he wants in. 7% gain leading the S&P this morning as they affirm on uh, adjusted organic revenue for the year and adjusted EPS. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in just a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I think we have to focus on a lot of companies whose multiples are ridiculously low and are out of favor and, and don't, people don't see it coming. Marathon Pete, initial coverage is NPC. They call it a cash machine, UBS. It sells at four and a half times earnings. Look at this thing. I mean, this is, again, what do you short when you go into a recession refiner because their margins are going to be squeezed? No, margins expanding. Why? Because it's not like the other cycles. And that this time is the same are the most dangerous words to say. We did see a few days this week where oil was down, I assume on assumptions of reduced activity. Right. Well, I mean, and I know Scott Sheffield, my, my pioneers owned by the Chapel Trust, is making some comments saying it may not be as good uh, going forward. Remember, these guys are degree, to some degree, they don't want anyone to... Um, to realize they're not spending like they used to. So why should the production go up? They spent the last two years saying we're not going to beat Yahoo's anymore. Rusty Brazil, who's I trust because he's an honest broker and stuff, is saying, look, we're producing like bad. Come on, just stop it. The main issue is that who is going to make money at these prices? And I thought Pioneer was going to make more money. It looks like they're not. I thought Devin was going to make more money. It looks like not. I thought Kotaro was going to make less money. It looks like they are. This all comes down to, once again, the individual companies are confounding the analysts because they've changed their models so much. Yeah. There's a lot of wild cards. you got Freeport uh, coming alive after, what, eight months? I know, and yet uh, Baltic Freight Freight might be bottoming. Uh, What what the heck is going on with with China? We don't even know. But I think, again, the whole... This morning was defined by Silicon Valley Bank and by Phil LeBeau's incredible interview with Larry Culp, where he made it clear that balance sheet is getting fixed. And by the way, uh, who covers, who co- I forget who covers, let me, uh, who covers GE at JP Morgan? <laughs> let me hit that up. Um, tonight, I'm going to look at why AMD's up, because I think there's a different answer than what people think. But all I can tell you is, is that this, nothing is is going on plan of what the bears say. Remember, GE was a highly high-profile short name not that long ago. Uh, and now GM's offering buyouts to the majority of U.S. salaried workers. Holy cow. That's not supposed to be in the cards either. Show me something's in the cards. You got to definitely keep your radar tuned, Jim. We'll see you tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Mad Money, of course, at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Dow up 130 here. Every sector green except for financials this morning. Uh, Don, almost a percent. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.